I feel the presence of the Lord in this room, and I pray that you do as well. And I'm so thankful today that he is someone that is near, that has his ear inclined to those uh, that trust him and that will call unto him. And this morning, I'm going to ask you to join with me uh, just for a moment. There's many different types of prayers that we can pray. We can pray the prayer of thanksgiving. We can pray uh, uh, many different ways. But there's also a time of prayer called intercession, uh, a prayer of a corporate body of believers. But this morning, we are seeing lots of things going on in our world. And we may get into a little bit of that today. But all across the nation, really all across the world right now at this moment of time, uh, we have joined together and we're joining together now for a few moments. And we're going to pray and we're going to lift up two individuals together. And I want you to join your faith with me this morning. Uh, my friend, Brother John Walden, his father, James Walden Jr., uh, is in a place in Tennessee in the hospital uh, he has many issues going on today. Uh, he has pneumonia in his lungs. He also has uh, COVID-19. And he's also uh, one that has battled asthma throughout his life. He is the current overseer of Mountain Assembly Church of God. He's, uh, he's a voice in that organization, has been for many years. Uh, they just laid his father to rest yesterday. Uh, but today, uh, this morning, they sent out and asking, can everybody come together around 11 o'clock and let's just pray. We need a miracle. And uh, at the, so he's a man of God that I know dearly, I love dearly, and uh, they are touching the world. And how many knows it is not, uh, it's not time for voices to go silent, but it's a time for voices to boom forth. And uh, it's a voice that we need uh, to continue to proclaim the gospel. I understand if the Lord calls him home that he'll raise up another. I understand that. But at the same time, I also understand James chapter 5. If any sick among you, let him call upon the elders of the church, anointing them with oil, praying the prayer of faith, believing, and they shall be what? They shall be healed. They will be saved, delivered, and set free. So today we want to do that. And at the same time we're praying for him, we also would ask you to call with us um, Pastor Tim Roberts. He's a uh, pastor's uh, down on 229, just in, outside of Matamore. Um, they're telling us that basically they've done everything that they can do for him uh, in the natural. And, uh, and it looks like if the Lord does not touch him, uh, then he's going to finish his race and go home to glory as well. These are two wonderful men of God uh, that we need to intercede uh, on their behalf today. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me one more time this morning. And we want to... Uh, pray specifically for these two men. There's a couple other folks we'll pray for at the end of service, but right now as we are joining with our brothers and sisters across the globe today at this very moment of time, I want you to simply just uh, lift up and pray ever how you feel led to pray for Brother James Walden as well as Brother Tim Roberts, and we're going to do that together uh, this morning. Is that all right? Dear Heavenly Father, we love you today. I thank you, Lord, that there is power in prayer. And Father, today we are joining our faith with our brothers and sisters across the globe today. Lord, as we just come before you, 
Lord, I know in this that you hear us when we pray. And Father, today we lift up uh, Brother Walden and Brother Roberts right now, knowing this, that you are the great physician, knowing that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly what we could ever ask or think. And Lord, you are the creator of this body. And we know this is just a temporal house that we dwell in. But Father, we're asking that the voice uh, of the man of God would be restored. We ask today that breath would come into those lungs. Uh, Lord, I pray for just not just a touch, but a complete healing, a complete reversal. And Lord, I know that you'll receive the glory and the honor. Uh, Lord, it'll be a testimony of the goodness of God and the grace of God this morning. And Father, as men and women of faith today, we lift up uh, these two men of God that have been faithful for many years. Uh, and Lord, I just pray that that this would not be their end, but this would be the resurrecting of new life and new opportunity uh, and going further than they've ever gone before. And Father, we ask this in your precious name, uh, the name that's above every name. Father, we know that nothing's too hard for you. Uh, and Father, we just speak life into those bodies today. Uh, Lord, I speak life to those lungs. Uh, I, I speak to everything that's out of alignment. Let it be realigned uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, Lord, we're calling out and we're dependent upon you and only you this morning. Uh, Lord, I pray for the families uh, that even now as we're praying that they would feel the, just an impartation of the Holy Spirit. Uh, let their faith arise. Uh, Lord, let hope be restored. Uh, Lord, let their mourning be turned to gladness. Uh, Lord, let the joy of the Lord be their strength in this season. Uh, and Lord, we're just going to go ahead and give you a praise right now uh, for doing what needs to be done in these situations. Uh, as we stand together, we thank you and we love you and we call these things forth uh, in the precious name of Jesus uh, and the church says uh, amen and amen thank you thank you thank you can I tell you he's still moving he's still moving don't you settle for some type of form of religious activity but he is moving and he's getting ready to move greater I don't know if anybody's in the room that believes me or not this morning. I, I, I know what it looks like. I, I know what it sounds like. And I even know that in many places the smell is even off. But I'm so thankful that he is a restorer of all things this morning. Amen. If you have your Bibles with me, turn to 1 Samuel chapter number 30. I'm just going to dive in. As uh, Pastor Jade mentioned all of the announcements, he did forget to mention one thing, and that is following next Sunday morning, uh, baptism at the river. Uh, so you want to make plans to do that with us. Uh, we'll be leaving directly after service here, going to the campground on, out on 121 there and drive back till you can't drive any further. And that's where we'll be uh, directly following service. And uh, if you would like to be baptized and you have not let us know, please let us know. That way we kind of have a general idea of uh, who will be joining us for that service. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time. It's always wonderful to go to the river and uh, experience uh, that uh, with men and women of faith. And uh, so we're excited about doing that. Also on Wednesday, uh, as he said, uh, 
that uh, Brother Austin will be bringing forth the word as well as uh, my sister Gloria. She just slid out. She don't know this yet, but I told her it might be today or tomorrow or today or Wednesday. Uh, but she she called me and shared some things with me in her time of prayer. And uh, she's going to be taking a few moments and sharing on Wednesday what God has put in her spirit. Uh, so, so she's going to be doing that. I said, we'll see how, the, how it flows this morning. But I believe Wednesday's the day that she needs to deliver that. Uh, so you want to be here for that. It's just a word of exhortation. And then Brother Austin will be bringing forth the message. Uh, but for a few moments uh, this morning, I, I won't keep you long. I'll just keep you till I get done. How's that? First uh, Samuel chapter number 30. Uh, we're just going to jump in. Very uh, familiar story probably for some of you in this room. Uh, but let's begin in verse number one. If the Lord would help me uh, for a few moments, I want to talk to you about breaking the silence today. First Samuel chapter number 30, verse number one, it says, And it come to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. And had taken the women captive that were therein and slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men come to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. But then David and all the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Tell your neighbor, they lifted up their voice. Verse number 6, it says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, and every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David, somebody say David, encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abathar the priest, uh, Amalekite's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And he brought it to David and David inquired at the Lord saying shall I pursue after this troop shall I overtake them and he answered him pursue for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all somebody missed a good place to shout right there let's pray dear heavenly father we love you this morning we thank you that you are our source, our strength, our very present help, even in this hour. Lord, I pray that you would anoint this vessel of clay today to speak your word. Not my opinion, but Lord, I pray that this congregation of people and those that's joining us on the internet today, that they would hear your word and sense your spirit, and that you would empower us and equip us to be the voice that you're calling us to be in this hour, in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Psalm 62 and verse 2, David says, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Let me give that to you again. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Can I give it to you one more time? He only 
is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. The winds may blow, the storms may howl, and the rain may fall, and my branches may sway some, but I will not be greatly moved because I am rooted in something that was not made with the hands of men. I already feel my notes going out the window this morning. Hear me today. We are in a place right now where the world is telling us all kinds of things is happening and getting ready to happen. And I believe that to be true. But can I tell you, in the midst of all of the stuff, there is a remnant of people that understands he is their rock and that he is their salvation and that he is their defense and they understand that no matter how bad it gets, they cannot be greatly moved. I think some of those people's in the room with me this morning. I understand today that the world is crazy. Maybe you haven't noticed that. But you know, I, I, I believe today that where we find ourselves is a place that other generations found themselves. And just because it's new to us doesn't mean that it's new to God. But there's always been an adversary that's tried to bring death and destruction. And we are seeing it intensify, yes, in our hour that we're living but the truth of this hour is that danger has come very near to the dwelling place. And it is time for us to awaken and realize that something has to change. Uh, if you want a different result than what you've currently been having, it means you have to change your behavior. And if we don't like the defeat, if we don't like uh, the discouragement, if we don't like all of the stuff that's going on, uh, then notice this, it's not going to change on its own. But there are those that have the ability to change the atmosphere. You know, sometimes we have to become the disruptor. I, I, you, I, I know that, that you're meek and, you, and you're all these things, but listen, get, listen to me this morning. You and I have to understand that God has given us the ability to bind and to loose things. Now, how do we do that? By simply using our voice. And today, uh, there has been much silence in recent years when it comes to many issues because we don't want to offend anybody. We'll just tolerate this and we'll just 
tolerate that. And, and well, that's outside the walls of the church. That'll never come near the church. But now let's wake up in the year 2020 and the very thing that we preached against, we now are ordaining and we are condoning and then we wonder why our children have no direction uh, in life uh, and it's because now it's such a state of confusion uh, but can I tell you this morning uh, I believe it's time for the church of Jesus Christ uh, to become spiritually empowered and emboldened by the Holy Spirit of God once again uh, I'm not here to tell you uh, that we gotta go along with everything uh, but somebody's gotta stand up and say enough is enough. Uh, I believe that there needs to be a spirit of boldness come back to the house of God. Uh, and you and I today uh, got to look around. We have become the elders. Uh, and if we don't use our voice, uh, then whose voice is going to be used? Uh, I got you to understand. You say, well, there's this one or that one that's better equipped or whatever. Uh, I got to remind you uh, that when Peter and John was standing before the elect of their day in Acts chapter number four, uh, that we find it says now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John uh, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men uh, that they marveled uh, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Uh, can I tell you it's time that the world begins to see some men uh, and some women uh, that's been alone with Jesus. Uh, listen, uh, this election won't fix it. Uh, the politician won't fix it. Uh, your complaining won't fix it. Uh, your whining won't fix it uh, but when a man of God and a woman of God stands up by the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit uh, and begins to say thus saith the Lord uh, the atmosphere begins to change uh, and things have to begin to give way uh, oh I'm just going to go ahead and preach for a few moments this morning uh, in, da in David's life uh, there's many things that we could talk about uh, but when you get to chapter number 30 in 1 Samuel uh, we find that David uh, has been out fighting the battle. Uh, he's been out warring. Uh, we find that in the midst of all of his stuff though, uh, he lost his focus. Uh, the most important thing uh, that you and I have in our life, uh, the heritage of the Lord uh, is our family. Uh, it's our children. Uh, and notice with me, David was out doing all sorts of things. Uh, he was conquering land. Uh, he was fighting the enemy, yes, uh, but he had left Ziglag uh, in a place of vulnerability. Uh, he had been given that land. Uh, he had told the king uh, he was dwelling in the land of the Philistines. Uh, he said, why am I, if you go back to chapter 27, uh, he simply says these words. Uh, he said, why should I dwell in the royal city? Uh, he left because uh, he said, if I get out of the city of God, uh, then maybe Saul leave me alone. Uh, so he goes to the land of the Philistines. He stays in the royal city. Uh, Saul begins to leave him alone for a season. Uh, but then he says, why should I dwell in this royal city? Just give me a little country town. Uh, so he said, I'll give you Ziglag. Uh, he goes to Ziglag. He begins to dwell there, lives there for 16 months. Uh, as he's there, uh, and he begins to go and begin to fight. He's got 600 men with him. Uh, they're out conquering. Uh, they're out defeating. Uh, but all of a sudden, the Amalekites make a circle. They come in. Uh, they begin to smite the land uh, where his wife uh, and his children are dwelling. Uh, all of a sudden it begins to be caught on fire and burned. Uh, a place of beautiful hillsides now uh, is smoldering. Uh, it's in 
ashes. Uh, the smell has changed. Uh, the, David and the men arrive. Uh, all of a sudden, every wife, every son, every daughter has been carried away. Uh, they began to be so distressed in their spirit. Uh, they began to weep and cry uh, until they could not have any strength to do anything else. Uh, but in the midst of it, uh, David begins to hear uh, rumblings. Uh, let's just destroy him. Uh, let's just stone him. Uh, it's his fault. Uh, we, we've lost our way. We've lost our focus. Uh, but notice David then, uh, he says, uh, when he was greatly distressed, uh, he said, Abathar, uh, bring me the ephod. Uh, let me call out to the one uh, that can give me instruction. Uh, give me some direction. Uh, give me some guidance. I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't have any strength. Uh, I don't have any power. I don't have any ability left uh, in myself. But he began to call out to God. Uh, and as he began to call out, he said, Oh God, uh, shall I pursue uh, this troop? Uh, he wasn't talking about anything else, but he said, Those that's in front of me right now, uh, the situation right now, I'm not talking about yesterday. Uh, I'm not focused on tomorrow. Uh, I'm not talking about a five year plan, but that which is opposing me now, uh, that which has snatched away my wives, uh, that which has took the children uh, and the sons and the daughters, uh, can I pursue them? Uh, but can I overtake them? Uh, can I tell you the moment that he began to lift his voice uh, is the moment that God responded uh, and simply said, you shall pursue. Uh, can I tell you this morning, uh, there is power in your voice. Uh, you and I today uh, gotta break the silence. Uh, we cannot continue as we are. Uh, we notice with me, David, uh, he lost his focus. Uh, and due to that, uh, he failed to protect the place that he was dwelling. Uh, upon his return, yes, he found it destroyed. Uh, yes, the ones he loved was missing. Uh, and the Bible tells us that he was greatly distressed. Uh, you say, why is that important for you and I today? Uh, look around us, my friend. Uh, America is burning. Uh, notice around us today, uh, our children uh, and our grandchildren and our nieces and nephews, uh, they are absent uh, from the house of safety. You and I this morning uh, got to wake up and realize uh, that the world uh, is going crazy, yes, uh, but the Bible says it's going to wax worse and worse. Uh, darkness is not going to, to give way to light come November the 4th, no, uh, or November the 5th, or November, no, the, this world is going to continue to turn on its head. Uh, it's completely upside down. Uh, but listen, uh, you say, is it really that bad, preacher? Yes, it is, uh, because can I tell you right now, now, uh, your brothers and sisters that's in California, uh, as they went to the house of God today, if they dared to, uh, there is uh, those in uh, authority and leadership that's saying, uh, we're going to cut the power off if they go to the house of God. Uh, I pray that they do cut the power off, but I pray that the church stands uh, and lifts its voice. Uh, listen, uh, because in the midst of darkness, uh, there can be an illuminating light uh, called Jesus Christ. Uh, can I tell you, is it really that bad? preacher Yal, uh, when our national sports leagues began to put into their bargain table this past week uh, that says if you're going to play football, uh, you can't go to the house of worship uh, if it's over 25% full. Uh, I'm here to tell you somebody uh, going to have to wake up and use a voice. Uh, can I tell you uh, when everybody on a major baseball team uh, will bail down uh, because of political correctness except for one? Uh, listen, uh, they thought they 
is going to attack him. They thought, oh, we've got him now. But he simply did not hesitate. But he stood and said this. He used his voice. Notice, he said, I only bow for one, and that is Jesus Christ. I wish somebody in the church would begin to get that bold and begin to say, enough is enough. I'm here to tell you this morning, you can sing a song and you can dance and the world's still gonna go crazy. But when somebody begins to call forth and say, God, can I pursue? I'm here to tell you, he is still a God that is saving and delivering and fighting on the behalf of those that will trust in him. My God, this morning. Well, I don't want to offend anybody, preacher. Well, guess what? We're in the age where people's going to be offended. Some of you think I'm too loud. Some of you think I'm not loud enough. I'm sorry. Some of you this think this and some of you think that. Everybody's got an opinion. That is fine. But one thing that we got to understand is that God has given us a voice. It's not a voice to voice our opinion. It is a voice to voice the word of the Lord. That for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have have everlasting life. Uh, can I tell you, uh, it's time to use your voice uh, to resist the devil uh, because it's then uh, that he'll flee from you. Uh, don't you accept everything the enemy's bringing into your path, uh, but you got to stand and say, I'm covered by the blood. Uh, that does not come nigh my dwelling. Uh, listen, my friend, uh, I don't accept what the enemy says is my destiny, uh, but I stand and say, God said my destiny is this, uh, everlasting life. A place of no more death. A place of no separation. A place where he is the light of the city. But I got to take somebody with me. I'm not satisfied with just existing. Listen, to be bold simply means this. Not hesitating or fearful in the face of actual or possible danger. It means to be courageous means to be daring. I dare somebody to be a man of God. I dare somebody to be a woman of God. I'll even go as far as to say this. I double dog dare you to operate in faith. You hear me? I dare you to go pray when they say you can't pray. I dare you to stand and say, I will not bow when everybody else is bowing. Can I tell you, the same God that went in the lion's den will come to your rescue. And the same God that met them in the fire, he'll come to your fire as well. But we got to get to a place where we understand that being bold means to go beyond the unusual limits of conventional thought or action. You know what has become the conventional thought or action? Well, God bless you. Well, he'll be with you as you go through it. I don't think that's really scriptural. He says, I'll deliver you. I'm not preaching a new gospel. I'm just going back to the original gospel. 
the conventional thought is, well, we just got to endure. Listen, my Savior did not carry an old rugged cross up Calvary's hill for me just to endure. Listen, my friend. He didn't allow his hands to be tied to a whipping post and he didn't stand there and take it and not utter a word just so that I could exist. He didn't let them plate a crown of thorns on his head just for you and I to hope we make it to heaven. He didn't stretch out his hands and his feet up on that old rugged beam and let him drive those nails into his hands and his feet just so we could come to church and sing a song and hear a message. Don't you buy into that garbage. But no, he did all of that so that humanity that had fallen out of relationship with him was given back a voice so that they could be intimate with him again but also to operate in the authority that he possessed. You hear me? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that shall quicken this mortal body. Uh, greater things that he has done than I will do. What are we talking about? Uh, is a continuation uh, of the power and the anointing of God. Uh, but listen, uh, if the enemy can get you to stay silent, uh, then you're not much of a threat at all. Uh, but when somebody begins to speak truth, uh, do you notice how nervous the enemy gets? Uh, listen, I'm not trying to be political this morning, uh, but you watched it on your social media devices, uh, and I understand there's uh, lots of things going on, uh, but isn't it ironic uh, when some frontline doctors come out and begin to speak truth, uh, how nervous the enemy gets, uh, how he tries everything to shut everybody down, uh, but can I tell you, uh, that which I have, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. Uh, you can leave me in the platform, uh, I'm going to preach. Uh, you can put me in the jail cell, I'm going to preach. Uh, no matter where I go, I'm going to share that Jesus is Lord. The only hope that this nation has is for somebody to get radical again for the things of God. I know the world thinks we're crazy. That's all right. Just tell your neighbor he'll be all right. But listen, this morning, somebody's got to be a voice. Somebody's got to say enough is enough. Somebody's got to come back where they understand that with God, we win but without him we are destroyed already but David said I'm going to encourage myself I wish somebody would understand you have the ability to do the same thing this morning you can encourage yourself in the Lord but the question is are we willing are we willing he strengthened himself in the Lord and he called for the ephod was designed by the Holy Spirit so he could receive direction on how to proceed from where he was at currently. This morning, across our globe, men and women are full of uncertainty. But there should be no uncertainty in the house of God this morning. Hear me. We must once again realize, as Paul said, 
we are not to be conformed to this world, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. There needs to be a renewing of the mind of the church today. Listen. David said this, when I kept silent, in Psalms 32 and 3, he said, when I kept silent, he said, my bones whacked old through my roaring all the day long. You know why some of you are so full of aches and pains? It's not age. You hear me? Why is it that everything just, oh, it's just... When was the last time you really used your voice for him? David said, man, when I, when I was silenced, he said, man, everything in me just ached. and Everything was just, oh, listen. But you read a little further, he says, through my life experience, I've discovered. In Psalms 32 and 7, he says this, I've discovered that you are my hiding place and that thou shalt preserve me from trouble thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance Selah but then verse 10 says many sorrows shall be to the wicked but he that trusteth in the Lord mercy shall compass him about here's where I sense we are today Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. We read at the beginning of sorrows. We know what it looks like. Just look out your window. You'll find what the description of the beginning of sorrows is. But we've been in the beginning of sorrows for some time. And I'm not speaking against my nation today, but I'm going to be completely honest today. The United States of America that was founded on principles of God has become a wicked nation it's vile you hear me that doesn't mean I don't love her but it's become wicked we have slaughtered millions and millions of babies and we're still doing it every day it's not essential for you to come to the house of God but it's essential that Planned Parenthood stays open listen I'm not trying to pick a fight I'm just being honest if you don't like that that's fine listen we're in a place right now where many sorrows are going to intensify. We're wicked. The leaders of our nation in many places are very vile. Many of them are very nervous today. Their house of cards is beginning to shake and is crumbling. That's why you see many trying to exit. That's why many are saying, I'm stopping this. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to take the spotlight and put it somewhere else. They, they, they think, well, I've made my millions. I, I think that's, now's a good time to get out, but they stayed too long. They don't understand that yet, but they will. But many sorrows still coming. But you hear me today. But the one that will trust in the Lord, mercy. Listen. The world can have its silver, it can have its gold, it can have its status. Just let mercy begin to compass about me. David, notice this. David was in the field when he was a young man. There was a bear showed up. He, didn't, he wasn't more powerful than the bear. 
but the mercy of God surrounded him. And the mercy of God equipped him to operate in a realm that he couldn't naturally and he defeated a bear. Another time a lion showed up and the mercy of God was faithful and circled around him and he defeated on a battlefield when he was just there to check on his brothers and deliver cheese there was this voice defying the things of God and the army of God and he said the mercy of God still compassed him and he went and he took the head of Goliath that day but then you find him a zigzag all these years later the smell of smoke in his nostrils the place that he had called home for 16 months, lying in ruins. Attachments there, things there, memories there, life has been done there. Looks around, his wives are gone. Looks around at 600 men that's murmuring and crying and beside themselves. And they're exhausted. They said, it's his fault. Everybody pointing at him. When he got to a place where he just called out to God, the mercy came. And said, I'll empower you one more time to go and to take that. And he said, you will recover all. Notice Psalms 94, 17 and 18. Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. But when I said my foot slips, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. But then he said, but the Lord is my defense, and my God is the rock of my refuge. David understood. He said, you know what? In myself, I can't do anything. But man, when I put my trust in God, I've got a track record that's out of this world. A lion can't defeat me, a bear can't destroy me, and a giant can't intimidate me. And even when my city is burned, I can still stand and rejoice because I know this, that that which the enemy carried away, I'm about to bring back. Uh, can I tell you, there's a lot of things that's been took away. But I want you to hear me this morning. In my time of prayer, I heard in my spirit, uh, Romans 8 and 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage, uh, again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Uh, why is that important? Whereby we cry... Abba Father. What are you saying is this uh, you're not somebody that's far from me, somebody that I don't care about but you're somebody that's near. And listen uh, if we are sons of God Paul said it this way in Galatians 4 and 6, because you are sons God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart. Uh, notice with me you and I today need to hear what David said in Psalms 55 and 17. Evening morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Uh, he's not saying it could be or it might be, but he was saying this, my testimony uh, is not that I'm the king. My testimony is not that I'm this great warrior. My testimony is not that I'm a, that I'm a giant slayer. My testimony is not that I defeated a bear and a lion. That's not my testimony. Uh, my testimony is that every evening, every morning, and at noonday uh, when I pray, uh, he hears me when I cry aloud. Uh, but it doesn't stop there. In Psalms 18 and 6, uh, he said, in my distress, uh, I called upon the Lord uh, and cried unto my God. Uh, he heard my voice out of his temple, uh, and my cry came before him. But this gets me really excited. Uh, even into his 
ears. Can I tell you right now that what needs to happen in the United States of America as well as around the globe is the church needs to begin to cry loud because it is not just any sound. Listen, the Lord hears all kinds of sounds in heaven today. The four and twenty elders are bowing down saying, holy, 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 hallelujah to the king. There's the sounds of the musicians that's playing. There are the sounds of the, uh, uh, of the river flowing. The sounds of heaven is all a bustle. But something uh, that surpasses all of those sounds, uh, even of the angelic host, whether it's Gabriel or Michael, whoever it is, something uh, that changes and goes beyond that, something that gets the ear of him this morning is when the church begins to cry aloud. It comes into the temple uh, where he's sitting, but it doesn't just come and fills the room. It comes and it's touches his ear. Do you think not this morning that when we cry aloud, that if it touches his ear, if our voice is that important, that it does not trigger a response? It does. It always has. Remember there was a man on the backside of the desert. The Lord came and gave him a visit. He said, the cry of my people have came up before me. I have seen their distress. Hear me. And you're going to go stand before Pharaoh. You're going to go stand before the mightiest man there is. And you're going to tell him, let my people go. I'm just going to stand this morning and I'm going to simply make a declaration. That thing in your life that's holding you captive, I speak to that thing in the name of Jesus and the authority of Jesus Christ and I command it to let you go. It cannot stay. You hear me. You're not a victim. You're a victor through the blood of Jesus. Don't you dare. I feel the Lord. Don't you dare let the world label you as something that you're not. You are a creation that has been uniquely made. And you are alive for such a time as this. You're not whatever the world says you are, but you are what God has created you to be in the name of Jesus. In the midst of all of the craziness that's going on in our world, can I tell you, nobody wants to talk about the truth of the matter. But there is such escalation of evil, the enemy is working overtime. Drug overdoses are through the roof. Suicide is through the roof. People feeling helpless is through the roof. Listen, you do not even want to know what I've dealt with this week. Monday, I wish I hadn't even got out of bed because it was tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. 
from people in this community, in this town. And it wasn't just young folks, can I tell you? Elderly people. Says life's not worth living. Listen, you, you ought to, I, I said and I read a three-page goodbye letter of an individual. Didn't have to be that way. But in here, the enemy got him to believe that that's how it had to be. But if the church would cry aloud, you hear me. If you read the rest of the story in chapter number 30 of 1 Samuel, you'll find what the world does to you. But you also find what happens when you stay with God. I don't have time, but let me reference it very quickly. You're saying, well, I'll just keep running with what I'm running with. I'll keep doing what I'm doing. Listen, you're going to find yourself abandoned. If you read a little bit further, there was a young Ethiopian boy that was there. David and them begins to pursue he gets down to the brook. 200 are not even strong enough to go, so it's David now and 400. They find a young Ethiopian boy in the field. He said, I was with the Amalekites, but I fell sick three days ago. I wasn't no longer beneficial to, to my master. He just left me here to die. But David and them fed him, gave him water. And they said, can you show us where they went? Yes, but please, don't, don't turn me back into them. He said, listen, they, they've just used me. They've abused me. They've abandoned me. That's what the world will do to you. But they took him. David comes, and it says that he smoted his enemy from evening to the next day and says that they recovered all. There was no harm done to his wives, to the children, but they recovered the spoil. There was a recovering of spoil because of the simple fact out of 600 people, 601 people, only one decided to cry aloud to the Lord in the right manner. It's not enough to say, oh God, I'm in distress. No. There was 601 doing that. But then David realized, this ain't working. Bring me the ephod. Let me call out to God in the right manner. God, God help me. God direct me. God guide me. What shall I do? Do I just stand still or do I go? Can I tell you, I understand there's a time and a purpose for everything under the heaven and we understand Ecclesiastes 3. This is not the time to be silent. This is not a time to tolerate, but this is a time to stand and dress for battle. That's why Ephesians 6 is so important. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. Fight against the wiles of the devil. Can I tell you, you're not fighting against flesh and blood, but you're fighting against devils. It is demonic strongholds that's trying to take out your family, take out your community, and take out your nation. But God. Can I tell you, when we begin to call out, things happen as they come to the music this morning. How do you know that he responds when you cry? Because he has a proven track record. He is a God that does not change, but he is a God that delivers when his people call. This morning, all over the world, 
People are looking for hope, looking for strength, looking for direction and guidance. I get all of that. But today, if I had time, I could tell you a story about blind Bartimaeus. Simply said, Oh, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the world said, Don't holler. Don't bother him. But Jesus said, Bring him here. And he said, What can I do for you, son? That I might receive my sight. He says, Let it be. And blind Bartimaeus stepped out of darkness and went into light. All because he cried. The woman with the issue of blood all because she said, I know I'm not supposed to be here not doing what I'm doing, but I've heard about him. And if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I believe I can be made whole. All of a sudden, Jesus turns around and he says, who touched me? What do you mean who touched you? There's a multitude of people around you. Oh, but one of you touched me different than anybody else. And immediately she said, it was me. I did it. And because she cried, after she spent everything she had, after the practicing physicians, no offense doctors and nurse practitioners, after they'd come up short, the great physician just said, let it be. And in a moment, Paul on the road to Damascus when he cried out something changed they led him in complete darkness placed him in a house but because of his cry the man of God that was another location received a word through a vision and said I want you to go to such and such place you're going to find Paul there and you're going to address him and I'm going to restore sight to him and he's going to be a voice to reach people that nobody else could all because he cried Mary and Martha if only you would have been here my brother would not have died but in John chapter 11 he said I am the resurrection and the life no, I understand that one day, yes, he's going to resurrect. No, you don't understand, Mary. You don't understand, Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. Show me where you laid him. There's like some of you. But oh God, he already stinks by now. It's been four days. Can I just tell somebody he's never late? Some of you may think he's late, but he's never late. He said, just roll away the stone. Ten leprous men. Ostracized outside of the city. Away from their family, away from their friends, away from everything that they've ever known because leprosy has consumed their body but they get a glimpse of Jesus. If they would have remained silent, they would have stayed and died. But when one of them said, you know what, I've heard about him. You know, if he's done that for others, why can't he do that for us? We don't have anything else, but why don't we just try calling out to him? And they, they began to cry and 
He says, let it be. Isn't it amazing how easy that is? They began to walk away. He said, go show yourself to the priest. And they began to look at their skin began to be clearing. Oh, it's working. It's working. They was cleansing, but one of them realized he really is the Son of God. He really is everything that we've heard about. And he turns and he runs and he nails down and begins to worship. And he said, was there not ten? And you'll find that the one that fell down, your Bible says that he was made whole. Can I tell you, leprosy doesn't just attack your skin, but it makes you lose fingers and toes and disfigures everything. Maybe all the other nine, they went back and showed themselves to the priest. And yes, uh, they was cleansed from the disease, but there was still an attachment to them. But the one that came back and cried again, uh, he was made completely whole. There was nothing missing, nothing lacking. Uh, Can I tell you, the church uh, of Jesus Christ uh, is about to be made whole. Uh, There is gonna be nothing missing. uh, nothing lacking uh, but we're getting ready to go from glory to glory to glory uh, because he uh, is coming to receive his bride I'm trying to quit this morning but Moses seeing a red sea in front of him Pharaoh's army behind him we've been delivered but man that enemy just won't give up but he said just just speak one more time and hold out the rod body of people stepped on ground that had never been stepped on before we're getting ready to take some territory that we've never had before you hear me this morning Samson and his embarrassment and his defeat grinding meal the mind running thinking about all of the great victories of yesterday got to him one more time and in his silence as his hair began to be restored he began to cry one more time and said God would you just let me have one more let me have one more go around can't be silent no more Lord just let me have in his blindness been led to the pillars by a little lad, the world looking at him and said, we're going to make sport of you. It's kind of what they're doing to the church today. But I sense right now in my spirit, the Lord is allowing the church to place its hands on the pillars. Hear this preacher this morning. The victory that we're getting ready to encounter is going to be greater than any victory that we've ever known. And I speak that over you and your family. I speak that over your community. I speak that over this nation. I want you to understand with me today that 102 years ago, the world was shaken to its core. It was shaken in such a manner men did not know how to respond or what to do. It 
was shaken not by governments, but it was shaken by the disease that we now know as H1N1, the Spanish influenza. From 1918 to 1919, 500 million people worldwide contracted what we now know as H1N1. Out of that 500 million, 50 million lost their life. But in the United States alone, 675,000 lost their life to that virus and that disease. It was much like today, businesses was closed, churches was bordered. They honored the request of health departments across the land. Life was interrupted as we know it and children was absent from schoolhouses and most made the decision just to stay home. The world was much different than it is now, but nevertheless, it was affected greatly. The response of the church of that time was as follows. If he was to find a copy of the Christian evangel that was put out by the Church of God, if you'd find their October edition on page four, you would simply hear these words that were said 102 years ago. Jesus said, For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. All mature Bible students believe that we are indeed in the beginning of sorrows 102 years ago. And as we have learned, one recently stated, the worst is yet to come. But the saints of God need have no fear. I could see that old timer saying that in his bibbed overhauls right now. But look up to heaven and rejoice in the certain knowledge that their redemption draws near. Here in Springfield, all churches and missions, etc., including the Assemblies of God, we're closed because of the scorns of the Spanish influenza that is raging in our town. Isn't there a lot of things raging in our town? The way to our living Father's heart, however, and the way to his hearing ear are still open and we are finding it a splendid opportunity to devote additional time to prayer tell your neighbor a splendid opportunity don't act like you're so excited about it splendid opportunity for us to pray for our missionaries and for the soldier boys and for rain all over the world in this time of latter rain. Where assemblies are closed, let the saints devote the time that they would spend at meeting to the word and to prayer. He whose ears are ever open to the prayers of the secret closet will before long, tell your neighbor before long, before long, will bring the open reward. I was driving down the road this week with my father. Just out of the blue, he looked over at me and he said, Son, I said, Yes, Dad. I had 
little smile on his face and he said, you know, I've told you before, but I'm going to tell you again. He said, a hundred years really ain't a very long time. I say that to say this, 1918, 1919, in the midst of all the craziness that was going on, there was a man of God sitting in front of a typewriter, typing, and said, before long, that which we pray in secret will become an open reward. A hundred years, not a long time, son began to resonate in my spirit I said if there's ever been a time for us to be a voice it's now can I tell you there's an open reward that's coming for the one that'll just simply use their voice so my challenge to you this morning I said everything that I said today to say this right now it's time to lift up your voice and I'm not talking about just in a public setting I'm talking about when you walk into your home, you lift up your voice. When you walk into your prayer closet, if you don't have one, build one. Lift up your voice. When you walk into your workplace, begin to lift up your voice. What do you mean? What I mean is you begin to take things. And I'm not talking about name it and claim it garbage. I'm talking about speaking the word of the Lord over every area of your life and simply taking authority over the realm that you live in. world will not admit it nor will they acknowledge it in any shape or form but what they need is the church to break its silence today we're going to pray but I'm going to leave you with this for what it's worth and you can call me crazy if you want that's fine we are coming into a season where God is getting ready to be glorified and magnified in such a manner the world is going to begin to have an appetite for something different than what they currently have. While we read where judgment begins at the house of the Lord, I understand that, but also that's where healing virtues begin to flow as well. And I know that there's been a great attack on the people of God in recent weeks and months. I know, understand that physically there's been an attack. Emotionally, there's been an attack. Relationships, there's been an attack. But hear me today. God is desiring to make you whole and complete. He's not desiring just to touch you. He's desiring to bring wholeness to you. And the only way that happens is if we begin to truly, truly trust Him. The Word of the Lord says this. If you believe when you pray, it shall be. I don't know about you, but I believe. I can't testify for you. I can testify for me. In this season right now, I believe, more so than I've ever believed, that He is everything that He says that He is. God is not interested in doing things five years from now. Today is the day. I had a young couple come and see me and Debbie. 
and said, we need God to do a couple things. We're going to trust God. And they put faith in action. And within three days, that which they was asking God for and seeking God for, God did it. Just like that. They stand in awe. Can I tell you, he is wanting to do it now. I understand all the reports. I understand all the the doctors say. And and I, I take that and I understand all of that and I can appreciate that. But there is one that is greater. His name is Jesus. And we can go into a realm that most just view from far off. But we can step into a realm where we can experience the healing power of His Spirit. And when we are made whole, we begin to walk in the newness of life. And we begin to be the light that begins to touch a world. So as we stand all over the house this morning,